Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Savvy Business, Life Unscripted, with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential. Oh, that, that's getting better. All righty. There we uh, go. Yep. All righty. I'm glad to have you here. You are the owner of 810 Billiards and Bowling, a combination of food and entertainment. And as I said, just prior to our go pressing the go button, uh, my husband and I love bowling, but your location isn't just bowling. It has a whole array of entertainment uh, and people have been stuck at home. They're dying to get out there and have some fun. But before we go to sharing about your locations and A10 Billiards and Bowling. Share about your backstory. What even brought you to creating it and um, bringing the locations to reality? Sure, so I mean, it was a bit of a happy accident. Um, I worked in finance uh, out of school for uh, about 10 years uh, and it's an equity options market maker. So I was uh, basically uh, headquartered in Chicago for a few years and then over in New York. Um, and during that time, I always had a great time after work uh, going to concepts like this, um, whether it was Brooklyn Bowl or Pinstripes, and uh, we always had a great time. Uh, and, you know, got a little older, got engaged to my now wife, and we were ready to get out of the city, start the next chapter, uh, start a family and do that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were on vacation down in Myrtle Beach. My parents had retired there the previous year. Uh, so this was spring of 14. And came across a traditional league center built in the late 70s that uh, was in much need of some love and started thinking, oh, I couldn't a concept like that work in a market like Myrtle Beach. Um, Let's see if it's potentially for sale. Well, it turned out it was. Um, I 
put in an offer that I thought was fair, but the um, the owner at the time felt differently and uh, and I rejected it out of hand. So we kind of moved on with our life. Um, I took a job as a portfolio manager in upstate New York. Uh, we were you know, getting ready for the move and heading up there to uh, look at some housing options. And on the drive up, the owner of the bowling alley calls me back and says, you know, talk to my financial advisor. If you would still uh, consider that offer, I would accept it. And, you know, my wife and I had one of those moments you'll never forget, kind of look at each other. And I don't think either of us really had any doubt. We knew we wanted to take a shot at it. Um, so we forgot Rochester, headed down to, to Myrtle Beach. And, um, you know, I suppose the rest, as they say, is history, although it uh, feels like eons ago. It's been uh, about six years. Wow. Um, but we uh, we closed on that property the end of 2014, mm -hmm. uh, remodeled it to, from a traditional league center into our mixed-use entertainment food and beverage concept mm -hmm. um, and reopened uh, in May of 15. Um, you know, first couple of years out of the gate was trying to figure out how do we get the customer experience that I want to work logistically? And uh, from a system standpoint, there was more challenges in doing a high quality food and beverage operation in an entertainment venue than I would have realized heading into it. Uh, but, you know, we kind of worked through those, took a lot of feedback from our team and, and our customers and uh, honed the menu and, and uh, bar offerings. And after about 18 months, felt like we had a pretty well-defined concept that was being very well received. Um, decided we were ready to start scaling the concept and um, began our second and third locations also in that kind of greater Myrtle Beach area. Um, the They opened in uh, June of 18 and then January of 19, um, you know, both successfully and then at that point felt like, okay, I think we've got a little bit of a track record now. We can start uh, exploring the franchise um, end of things, which we had discussed previously, but didn't feel we were quite ready to, to support franchisees at that point. Mm -hmm. um, so came back to that and then uh, moved forward with that in 19 uh, and signed our first franchisees in the fall of 19. Um, you know, and that was all going along well. We found, did a great job, got a great piece of real estate, signed the lease in the beginning of March. Mm -hmm. And that was March of 20. So as we all know, what uh, proceeded from there was uh, quite a dance of just trying to keep uh, everything on the rails from falling apart. Uh, you know, lots of delays, everything got real slow as you can imagine. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, but we eventually did keep it together and get construction underway uh, last fall. And uh, so we opened our first franchise unit um, a few months ago in Chandler, Arizona. Mm -hmm. And um, just last month opened our fifth location um, in downtown Phoenix. Um, wow. And now we are on to your neck of the woods with the uh, next up is Houston. Uh, so that hopefully is we, we talked about briefly, it'll be a couple months out. We should uh, be welcoming you and your husband in by then. Mm -hmm. And uh, after that, our next few franchises are should be um, opening early next year, which will be uh, they're about to start construction in Greenville, South Carolina and Fort Smith, Arkansas. Uh, and then we're in the, the real estate search process for our, our newest franchisee up in uh, New Jersey. Wow, you, you have been super busy, Mike. But, you know, it's interesting here. You say when you got out of the gate, there are some things you hadn't anticipated. That things were a little choppy and difficult. I'd love if you would just share with our audience some of the greatest lessons you learned when you first got started and, and what turned different than you expected but turned out to be awesome anyway. 
Um, sure. So, I mean, just the, the logistics of operating full service food and beverage was kind of probably the biggest wrinkle that I didn't anticipate. You know, I figured, well, you, you build it out and you've got all these entertainment offerings. You do a good job on food and beverage and, you know, what's not to like from a customer perspective. Uh, but the reality is uh, from a systems and technology standpoint, like there's things designed for restaurants and then there's things designed for bowling alleys and pool halls. Um, and the two weren't really ready to meet. So uh, that kind of led to us initially trying to take um, a bowling system, you know, basically a point of sale system, right? But it also operates the scoring um, for all your bowlers and, and use that for our building wide food and beverage. That was an unmitigated disaster. They, uh, they told us it did all these things, right? And then you get into where the rubber meets the road and it's like, uh, it doesn't do any of the things we need. What it really did was it would allow you to use it if you were doing like a snack bar as a traditional bowling alley often would, right? Uh, just a quick serve type of transaction. But as soon as we wanted to go to full service, you know, lane side service, being able to split checks and uh, assign seats and have different fire times for different, you know, appetizers versus entrees, things that would be standard in a food and beverage system uh, were way beyond anything that uh, these bowling systems were capable of. So, uh, you know, it was uh, a steep learning curve, but basically we went back to um, the basics and kind of started over from scratch from the system standpoint. Uh, I think that one of the things that turned out to be a really a big benefit for us that I wouldn't have called it that at the time uh, was I have no bowling background. I mean, I, I bowled in a league when I was a little kid, but uh, that that's about it. I'm a terrible bowler. Uh, just always had a great time with the food and beer and, you know, losing money to my buddies on, on the bowling lanes. Um, so I had no preconceived notions about the way bowling was supposed to operate, how things were supposed to be structured. I uh, just kind of came in and said, well, here's a customer experience that we want to deliver. How many hurdles are we going to have to clear in order to figure out how to do that? Uh, and that actually led to, I think, a unique setup in the industry that we kind of do things very differently. But um, when we rebuilt kind of from the ground up with an iOS based platform, uh, efficiencies were so much better. We, we have large footprints. Um, so saving our servers and, and uh, managers and bartenders steps uh, through the course of the day and the shift is, is incredibly valuable. Um, so moving to a, a newer technology solution uh, that we developed uh, from, from the beginning allowed us to do, you know, table side uh, order taking in real time gets goes to the kitchen, credit card processing, et cetera, um, table side. So things that you'll often see in food and beverage um, in the last couple of years, kind of, uh, but you, you never really see in the, the entertainment uh, space. We were able to leverage those and, um, and make it, you know, a much more seamless experience for the customer that way. Um, so we, we eventually figured it out, but uh, it was definitely an unexpected uh, hurdle from, you know, a guy who knew a little bit about food and probably more about the bar, but uh, not much about making it all work together and uh, the challenges we were going to run into. Yeah. You know, I, I love that you talk about your experiences there because there is a movie theater that we went to in the Bronx, uh, excuse me, in, in Brooklyn, New York. That was very interesting. They kind of did what you guys did. They combined the kind of entertainment eats with the movie, which, you know, you can get your popcorn and your soda, but this was like coming to your seat and taking your order and giving you a cocktail while you watch a cool movie. I was like, this is the bomb. Sounds you like know? Alamo. 
Yeah, 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 I, yeah. That was it. That was it. Yeah. And so I, I loved the concept, and I was like, "Why are more movie theaters not doing this?" So you guys doing what you're doing, you know? You, yes, you can maybe in the past go get a soda or a hot dog, but coming there and and having that quality customer care and taking side orders, you know, and bringing it straight to the kitchen. What I'd like to talk about is the processes because I think this is important for any new business owners getting started. That if the processes are not in place, it could just have your business crumble. Yeah, I mean, well, that that's a lot of what the the early days of any new concept are, right? Are establishing those standard operating procedures, uh, you know, documenting them and rolling them out, and making sure that as you open additional units, everyone is able to you know deliver the same consistent experience follow the same simple, you know, steps that yeah. hopefully are simple and easy to follow if it's done well. Um, so, I mean, making sure that, that, um, that everyone's, you know, following the same protocol and understanding why they're doing it, um, which I think is a big, a big part of getting those changes and, and processes to work on the ground is, yeah. is helping everyone understand why are we doing it this way? This seems harder to me. Well, okay. There's a, there's a reason we tried it these other ways and here's how we ended up here. Here's why we think it's best. Yeah. And then you get some buy-in from the rest of your folks and, uh, and things tend to be stuck to, um, you know, a lot better when we understand why we're doing things the way we do. Yeah. And now share with me, cause I'm guessing since you've grown so quickly that quality customer care has been paramount with what you have to offer. Uh, what makes you different than some of the other eatery entertainment type places and how do you really accomplish that quality customer care yeah i mean that that's exactly it right build ground up with no no, no purpose other than delivering a customer experience that that met our expectations um, you know we don't do league business or tournaments we're not a competitive bowling uh establishment we're there for the entertainment customer wants to come out have a good time and, and relax uh and get uh, great food and beverage service um while they're in the building, whether they're playing pool, throwing darts, uh, bowling, watching a sports game, uh, you know, it shouldn't matter where, where you are, what you're doing uh, in our space. We've got a lot to offer, but we, we want to deliver that cu customer experience um, regardless of what you're doing in the building. Uh, you know, and I think that's just kind of what you're seeing is, you know, you mentioned Alamo, I think um, very similar to uh, kind of the bowling industry in the sense that you've got your traditional uh, historical proprietors that, you know, have run cinemas or bowling alleys for, for a very long time, often multi-generational. They have a lot of ideas about what works and what doesn't. It's what's worked for them for a long time. But the reality, I think, is that the customer base is changing. The league bowler is kind of aging out of the sport. Mm -hmm. uh, and the younger generation, whether it's Topgolf, Alamo, 810, we want uh, everything at our fingertips with high quality food offerings, high quality bar offerings, uh, you know, a, a, a customer experience that brings us back in terms of service. Um, and it's not going to be so much the way things used to work that um, is going to satisfy a millennial customer um, or anybody in the future. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think just us being able to kind of start uh, as a new business with no preconceptions, focused only on delivering that experience and, and uh, customer service end of it. Um, without any thing else pulling our, um, you know, our efforts um, was the real key to, to being able to, you know, grow this quickly and, and get the feedback from our customers that we have. 
Yeah, I could totally see that, Mike. Now, I'm, I'm curious, though, because it looked like you started doing your concept, put it out there, but you went really quickly to franchise. Was that your initial idea? And did you see that that would be more profitable? What brought you into becoming a franchisee or, or doing it, the business in that way, growing it in that way? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I think um, when we first opened our first store, actually, we had a um, uh, someone kind of on the franchise world uh, came in uh, out of New York, but uh, was down there on vacation and, you know, just said this concept's amazing. Like, have you thought about, you know, I never heard of it till I got down here. Have you thought about franchising it? And, you know, at that point uh, we talked about it a bit. I It's, you know, one avenue for growth, right, that a new concept can can pursue. At that point, it was like we're still figuring everything out ourselves. So let me let me get a little more of a, a track record here and and show that we can do this repeatedly and uh, and execute before we go sell the model to anybody. Um, but so that's why after uh, after third star opened, I kind of revisited that conversation. And it, you know, it's a long process. It takes a while. There's a bunch of legal compliance, et cetera, that you know processes that need to happen. Um, but at that point, after our third store, you know, I felt like we've got a concept that's proven that, you know, when we've proven we can execute and open new stores, build new stores. Um, and there's really no access to this industry for an individual investor. Um, you've got your big players, like a, a main event is, is um, you know, big where I am now, now out in Phoenix. Um, you know, in New York, it, it might be Brooklyn Bowl, Lucky Strike, um, Kings Bowl. Um, but they all have one thing in common that they're uh, privately held uh, corporate entities that uh, are deep pocketed and, um, you know, can get corporate financing and do very large uh, build outs. You know, they'll, they'll build 60,000 feet ground up in the eight to ten million dollar range. And um, so it uh, needs to, um, you know, as we thought about we could grow and find our space. Um, it was uh, on a smaller footprint through the franchise model allowed us um, to kind of make it more affordable and accessible to the individual investor while getting to have a financial partner and scaling the concept um, as opposed to, you know, going a private equity um, mm -hmm. route or, or other, um, you know, longer term debt financing. Um, this seemed like a good way to have operating partners that knew their market where they were. Uh, and we know our concept and we, you know, feel strongly our concept translates to anywhere in the country, right? I mean, yeah. a lot of franchises will be regional foodstuffs or regional, you know, services or things that may be in demand in a particular market. But, uh, you know, there's challenges to our business for sure. But the one, one of the very nice things about it is that no matter where you go in this country, families and young adults are looking for, you know, quality entertainment that um, that's local. And, and reliable, uh, you know, reliably uh, enjoyable. So yeah, uh, as we and go into new markets, we're finding that. So. Yeah, I'm loving that you mentioned this because anyone listening in, if you're a business owner and thought, hey, I wanted to start something like what Mike has here, uh, they just might need to get in contact with you guys uh, in the future to see about maybe franchising with you because it is a viable way if you want to grow without having deep pockets or finding those investors where you have to give up a portion of the business. This can allow you to get started with your very own 810 bowling. Uh, but I see you see at the bottom of the screen that is how you can get in contact. It is 810bowling.com. Um, is there anything you want to leave our audience with before we head on out? Um yeah, I mean, just I think on the, the franchise side, you know, we're we're um, you know seeing a lot of growth now, and I think it's um, you know it's been great. A lot of people 
are attracted to this industry. But as he said, it's very hard to figure out how am I supposed to even get started on something like this? Um, so, you know, I think that's why uh, the franchise model works so well for us. We've um, a big thing that we did um, for our franchisees is negotiate a long term uh, equipment uh, purchasing contract so that uh, whether we open a corporate store or franchise location, everyone's getting the same uh, pricing and equipment package. And, you know, that's managing the, those logistics are, uh, are a big challenge to kind of get one of these spaces open. So having that kind of, you know, tied up nicely and, and ready to go um, for our franchisees consistently in any market um, has been a, a huge benefit to them. Um, yeah. You know, and then just the, the operational support, obviously, is um you know, is really what we're here to do. So, yeah. um, you know, but we continue to expand both um, uh, corporate locations and uh, franchises at the same time. So um, I've always felt like if you're a franchisor and you think your idea is that good, you should probably be reinvesting in your concept as well. So, uh, you know, and as, as we operate more locations ourselves, I, I think it only, um, you know, puts us in more of a driver's seat to be able to offer things to our franchisee locations and, you know, invest in system-wide uh, improvements that uh, all A10 locations can benefit from. So, uh, so yeah, we're, we're excited for what the future holds. And, um, you know, if uh, anybody's interested in learning more, the website has uh, an inquiry form and you can kind of follow it from there. Yeah. Well, this has been awesome, Mike. I am so excited to get your Houston office uh, or uh, billiard place, bowling and billiards open so we can come on down there and have some fun. But everyone, please go to 810bowling.com and find out where the closest location is to where you are. And thank you so much, Mike, for coming to Unleash Your Story today. Our savvy broadcast. Thank you so much. And we'll be sure to get you a uh, grand opening invite when we get Houston open in a couple months. So we'll see you soon. Awesome. <laughs> Take care. All right. Thanks. Bye. Like, subscribe, and share this episode. To listen to more savvy episodes and savvy biz tips, go to www.lifeunscriptedradio.com. To find out about our paid sponsorship opportunities or how to become a guest, email Christina at lifeunscriptedradio.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 